Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. We're just going to jump right in. We'll continue our holiday feast with what you teased last time around, which was a cold tea. You said we were coming up on a cold tea, and I didn't know what that meant. But now that you've sent this to me, it's pretty obvious. And the thing about sending it to me in print is that this all kind of hinges on one letter, and it's a little hard to fool me when I can read the words. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about I-C-E-D. T-E-A, right? So we're talking about iced tea. Now, uh, of course, the issue is that a lot of people say ice tea without the D on the end. And I have to admit that if I'm just speaking, it probably slurs one word into the other, which is probably true for a lot of people. But, but certainly if I were to write it, it would be iced tea. You're completely correct, Fletcher. And this incidentally, in a couple of minutes, this is going to segue S-E-G ue very neatly into a letter we got on gravy and au jus but you're right iced tea is iced is an adjective describing what happened to the tea the tea was iced it was made cold but what also happened is over the years the d and the t it's kind of awkward to say iced tea became iced tea and most people including i think all of us say iced tea now. Do you say iced tea, Kathy? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't go iced. Well, because you can't. <laughs> you cannot, <laughs> the D and the D. You can't go iced tea. <laughs> Can you? I'd like a glass of iced tea. Yeah. No, you say iced tea. And that now is the, is a common way. Technically, it's mispronounced if you say iced tea, but I don't think anyone in their right mind, as Kathy, very brilliantly <laughs> showed us, it sounds stupid. <laughs> But the interesting one we also found was, we, we talked about was ice cream. Ice cream, which we now write as I-C-E, no D, cream, used to be iced cream. Same thing happened to the cream. It was iced. And obviously, you know, there's no issue with, with that one now. And there's no issue really with iced tea versus iced tea. It's, it's, uh, I, I do still think that when it's written out, I certainly notice when it, when somebody writes ice tea, but that's a, it's just a little bit weird still to me, but obviously I, it's okay. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. I'm just still trying to figure out how you could say iced tea. Iced tea? Without... Iced tea? Yeah, no, it's it's too hard. Well, you're not going to I mean, I, you're not going to do it when you're just having casual conversation. That would be strange. Very well, strange. Well, I, I would like to try to do it now, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would like to say I'd like some iced tea. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a beer. Thank you. <laughs> beer is better for you, I guess. I don't know. But, but that leads to a, a, a letter that we got on the podcast um, when we were talking about another sort of controversial word, au jus. And in one sense, the, the writer indicated that au jus, which we were saying is an adjective referring to how uh, a meat is served with in its own juices. Oju, he said, has now become a noun. I had said a few times, and I agree with that. 
it's used so commonly now in American English as like, and, and I think Kraft even, like, or Heinz, one of them, does like you can buy a jar. Like he, actually the, the uh, Stephen Shear who wrote us the letter said, you know, there's a product so, sold as au jus gravy. And I know I had said a few times, I can deal with that. I, I don't have a problem. It's technically incorrect. It's technically, yes, with, with juice. But the whole thing is, Ross was saying, and it's true, when we were talking about it last time, we'll talk about it again. A lot of this is really is really um, when it's used. When I mean, I would argue that like in a diner or something, if it says I'll have the French dip with au jus, you'd sound like a bit of a an ass going like, I'd like the French dip with jus, please. I I do. It, context is everything. Don't you think, Ross? Definitely, I do. I think context is, and that's in, in social linguistics, it's called registers of language. In other words, when in Rome, speak as the Romans do. When in a, an Atlanta or Savannah diner, speak as an Atlanta or Savannah diner person speaks. And when in a, you know, I don't know, an Atlanta upscale restaurant, when you have meat served au jus, I would then never say with au jus. I think that's the key distinction. And that actually raises another interesting point, too, which the uh, writer also brought up, which uh, we said that gravy basically or usually refers to a thickened sauce. And this writer said correctly that there's a red-eye gravy in the South. We have to know that because of uh, our grandfather owned an a ice cream place in Savannah called Leopold's Ice Cream, which has reopened, everybody. <laughs> Put in a plug for our uncle. But, I mean, so we, we know from gravy. We know from red-eye gravy to add a little New Yorkese on top of it. Hey, wait, I've been to that ice cream place. Have you? That place is fantastic. Yeah, well, Isn't it? it's well, our uncle. Isn't it? Well, next to speak to our Uncle Strat. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I do think I do think what uh, Steve mentioned, um, that, that au jus has become a thing distinct from jus, right? Au jus, those two words refer to a singular thing called au jus. Uh, I, I I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, Oshu is an adjective. How we use it and how they're right. using it, it's a noun. Right, and so so in that sense, it would be perfectly reasonable to say with Oshu because you're saying with the gravy. Right, exactly. Correct. And you're right. You can buy like even McCormick's packs of of Oshu Oshu gravy is I think what they call it. Yes, exactly. So it's like it's a fascinating thing though because really what it is in action is 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 something I would argue then to some degree, au jus isn't necessarily the same thing as jus at this point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, yeah, and I, there's I, a distinction. And I think that was part of what he was getting at. And, and also does, honestly, it's not something I had uh, frankly realized or something I had thought about, but it does change maybe my perception of that phrase with au jus. I'm going to throw something else out here now. I mean, so, uh, gravies and sauces are extremely <laughs> controversial and very varied terms. And I have a personal uh, sort of pet problem with that because Kathy and I are both Greek American and we were raised with gravy being called salsa, which is the Greek word, modern Greek word for gravy. And my son has a fit when I say salsa. Pass the salsa, please, referring to a thickened sauce, meat sauce, um, because he thinks of salsa, as most Americans do now, as, um, you know, Mexican. Kat, you don't say salsa anymore, do you or not? I don't. I used to say salsa all the time, and now I say salsa when I'm having a, a tortilla chip. 
and and the the stuff <laughs> the the thing <laughs> the ojo <laughs> but here again we go with different registers of language but no, it's, different... it's it's all contextual it's confusing but I'm going to throw one more out. I'm not sure Kathy's going to remember this. I just I was talking about it with my wife last night. I did not mention this before the show. Do you know what gravy was? We both lived in Hoboken, Italian American. Yeah, gravy is Italian tomato sauce. It's it's ragu. It spent yes. all day making the gravy. Yeah, to, yeah, it's tomato sauce for your spaghetti. Yeah, Sunday gravy would be uh, tomato sauce, usually with meat, like a ragu technically. Correct. But that's a huge. Another huge differential with a lot of, even with Italian-Americans. Some Italian-Americans insist it's sauce. Others say gravy. But did, did you know that, Fletcher, mm -hmm. or not? Yeah, I've seen The Sopranos. Oh, that's right. That's what I was just going to say. I knew you were going to say Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> so there we go again with all sorts of different uh, meanings for gravy and different usages. But essentially, usually with language, there are basically basic trends. And the basic trend would be like a fancier restaurant, probably au jus would be used one way. A local restaurant, au jus would be used another. Noun, adjective. To take us even further off track, um, <laughs> Kathy, you, you said Sopranos correctly, and I did not. I said Sopranos. And I've seen the entire series at least three times through, and they always pronounce their own name Soprano, and yet I, I insist on saying Sopranos, and I'm not sure why. I wonder if that's the... Well, because the, the, the ass sound, Prano, is, is, that's more Midwestern. It's like... Like Kathy instead of Kathy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe. That makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> but moving on, uh, we have <laughs> we have a, a spreadable cheese. It's spelled M-A-S-C-A-R-P-O-N-E. I have always said this just the way it looks, so I so I say mascarpone, but I don't I guess I don't know beyond that. You're right. Okay. This is one, Ross and I were talking about this. I panic when faced with this cheese, and I like this cheese. I don't, I, I like many other people, put an R at the beginning. Marscapone oh, okay, is what yeah. I say. Sure. I say it like Al Capone with Mars, which is like a lot of other people. Do. How do you say it, Ross? I, I cannot, I, I panic as well. I say Marscapone. And then I realize, yeah. actually, I mean, to, this is a horrible admission, but until. We wrote the book. I was actually unaware that it was pronounced mascarpone. <laughs> I got weird looks sometimes from my wife and stuff, or in Hoboken in particular, but I would have said mascarpone. I would have slurred it because I speak quickly, so maybe they didn't notice a lot of times, but this horrified me, this one. Yeah, there's no R. There's no R. I know. And we grew up in Italian. We lived for years in Italian neighborhoods, and Fletcher didn't in Kansas. They said mascarpone too, Ross. I tell you, I swear <laughs> to God, I guarantee they also were saying mascarpone, and sometimes mascarpone. <laughs> well, that, that's my question. Is that E on the end, is that silent or not? That depends on the Italian you're um, speaking. In um, Hoboken, for example, people would go mozzarella, which is, you know, the cheese. They go mozzarella. I never heard mozzarella mm -hmm. at all. And I think that the yeah. the ne should be pronounced, but I imagine in a lot of American Italians, at least, I don't know about Italian Italians, it's not pronounced. Yeah, technically, it's exactly how you said it, um, Fletcher. It is mascarpone. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a little ne. Okay, okay, sure. But I would imagine a lot of people in Hoboken don't pronounce the last E. Mutz. I bet you're right. Mozzarella, mozzarella, or mutz. Well, yeah, ricotta. Remember, it would go rigot. <laughs> yeah. Rigot. Oh, it was like, yeah. oh, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, calm down. <laughs> what was the, uh, what was the, um, 
Oh, there was a meat, and I never Rajal? understood. Oh, ga- Gabagool. Oh, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> gabagool. Yeah, that's exa- a cup of coffee. You can have too much fun with Italian-American. You really can, food. To make the two of you feel a little bit better, I was watching an early episode of the Great British Bake Off, and they misspelled on the screen mascarpone. They spelled it marscapone. Oh, that makes me feel does I make see? Me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> I have to just tell you, there's just like a really sort of disgusting but interesting um, etymology for the, the cheese, if I may. It comes from Lombardy region of Italy, and no one's really quite sure uh, where the word came from. One possibility they think is from mascarpa, a type of local ricotta, which or rigote, as we might say. Um, but one of the more interesting origin stories was two Italian etymologists in the 70s said it came from the classical Latin marscarpio. I, I, Ross, do you, how do you pronounce that? Mascarpio? Anyway, it was a word used by Petronius that alluded to masturbation. And they said that in southern Italy, the phrase far ricotta, to make ricotta, is slang for to masturbate. Holy I'd rather not moly. think about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. But most people say that's like, that's bull. That's like, absolutely not. But it's a little too evocative, I think, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving that one <laughs> far away. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very tasty cheese. Actually, if I could throw it out, though, the mass uh, actually probably meant man, refers to man. And carpo in, mm. in, in Latin is uh, to pluck or to pick. So that lends some credence to your... Oh, my. Yeah, I I'm never looking at my ragot the same way. <laughs> now, definitely moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this I don't... I don't really know. I, I I assume it's Greek, and I think it has something to do with eggplants, but I'm I'm really not sure what this dish is. M o u s s a k a. I would have just said moussaka, but maybe maybe the the stress is on a different syllable or something. Yes, this is a pet peeve of Kathy's and mine. I think growing up in a Greek, uh, you know, Greek American household, it everywhere you're going to find uh, various pronunciations. First of all, it's a dish of ground meat probably lamb or beef, layered with sliced vegetables, usually eggplant, and a sort of a sauce, usually bechamel sauce, which is a you know, creamy sauce. And it's everywhere on the East Coast. It's delicious. Is it, is it everywhere on the West Coast too, Kath, or not? Because I saw it everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, it's in Greek, it should be pronounced moussaka, with an emphasis on the last K-A. Actually, it'd be Greek moussakas, actually, but moussaka would be how you pronounce it. And I think it's like sort of a pet thing for Kathy and me because we keep hearing moussaka and it just sounds, it grates on both of us. I don't think it's a crime against uh, language to order moussaka at a Greek restaurant. But I think you'd make a lot of Greek waiters a lot happier if you said moussaka. And you'd make us happier. You would. <laughs> no, but the funny thing with that is, as you were saying, Ross, with the, the moussaka versus moussaka, um, when we looked it up, OED, the Oxford English Dictionary even has, um, I think, the first uh, pronunciation as moussaka. So is it, now my question is, is this sort of like bruschetta slash bruschetta? When you say moussaka, I suspect if you're not in a Greek restaurant, if you're just somewhere that they have it on the menu, I have a feeling that they're going to look at you and think you're pronouncing it wrong. Do you think? That's a good guess. But I don't think we need to really overly worry about it. One of my pet things, actually, is I just looked it up. Um, it comes, they think it comes from the Arabic, which, because I remember having it when I was in Cairo, and it was um, served cold. And they think saka in Arabic uh, refers to things being cold, or um, and musaka, 
and it has, I think it's probably pronounced musaka correctly from the Arabic because in Arabic there's like a ah sound at the end. It's like an ain is called. It's like really hard to pronounce and it sort of emphasizes the ah sound. But I looked up, it, I just looked it up in Merriam-Webster and they have a wrong uh, statement how it's pronounced. This is useless, but in Arabic they say it's called, in Egyptian Arabic it's called <laughs> musaga, which it is not. It's called musa'a in Arabic for what it's worth. It bothered me because I ordered it in Egypt and I ordered it in Greece and I ordered it here. So whatever. And if I may interject, uh, Fletcher, you said you hadn't had it. Try it. It's fabulous. You really, you've got to eat it. Okay. Usually, it's usually served in the Middle East at room temperature, cold. Greeks serve it warm or hot. I don't really like it that much, oddly enough, to counter Kathy's thing. I really don't. <laughs> I'm stunned. <laughs> no. I'm shocked. There, there goes your Greekness. I'm sorry. You're not my brother. <laughs> no, our mom Let's would make on. it. I always get sort of depressed with the, the days that you would have it for dinner. I'd never really, I don't know. Are you kidding? I love no, it. I never liked it. Whatever. Okay, moving on to a food that I do like. Oh, so much. We have a number of Vietnamese restaurants here as well. And this is a Vietnamese uh, soup. And when it's done well, it's unbelievably good. Uh, it's spelled P-H-O, and it's actually pronounced pho. Completely correct. There's a linguistic debate about it, though. Why is it pronounced pho? So the reason I've heard is is that it's related to the French pot au feu. Precisely, Fletcher. That's exactly one of the uh, one of the derivations. There's a little bit of a linguistic kerfuffle now going on. A number of Chinese uh, etymologists claim it comes from uh, Chinese, the Chinese word for noodles, which is fen, which I can't pronounce for in Chinese at all, and it transmogrified into pho in Vietnamese. Then I read another Vietnamese, we read another Vietnamese individual saying it's classically Vietnamese uh, in terms of origins of the word. Whatever, everyone agrees as to Fletcher's pronunciation. Well, see, now this is one where I got to admit, when I first saw it, I always said faux. And I, like, loved all the bad puns. Like, you'd see, like, faux show and stuff like that. I thought those were hysterical. And I was very disappointed to learn I'd been mispronouncing it because all my wonderful puns went down the tubes. Bad <laughs> puns, I should say. I think it's perfectly reasonable to pronounce it faux without, if, if you're just ignorant of, of the fact that it's faux. I mean, why would you possibly think that it's anything but faux? But... I do feel like once you learn it's pho, that maybe you should say that. And I know people who still insist on calling it pho, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, no, that's bad. I agree with you. Although I have a Vietnamese friend who, whose parents were Vietnamese. I mean, he's a Canadian. And he pronounced, he, I was with him, and he pronounced it pho. And I actually asked him, I said, do you speak Vietnamese? He goes, no. So I told him, ask your parents how to pronounce it. <laughs> Oh, I love that. But isn't that kind of like being Greek-American and saying gyro, which I have been known to do? I Completely. I completely. It's exactly what happens. Yeah. And it goes back to the whole thing of language has changed. We pronounce it. I am kind of curious what's going to happen with the large Vietnamese communities over the years. Are they going to start pronouncing it like pho or is it going to stay as pho? I don't know. Moving on to a food that I don't think actually has been that popular for that long i think i think it's a relatively recent addition to being e extremely popular which it is now and it's uh, it's a it's a grain um from south america i think and it's spelled q u i n o a uh, it's pronounced quinoa correct 
Very correct. Very correct. That's another one I think when uh, the spelling, it reminds me of like we were talking last uh, time about acai. The spelling gets your look, it looks like it's Quinn. Looks like Quinoa. Don't you think that's what I would have thought? Oh, yeah, or like, or, or even quinoa. If you, exactly. If you... um, it's another one. This one came from um, the Quechua, I think. Um, and it was sometimes spelled K-I-N-W-A by uh, South American uh, Spaniards. Um, so to me, I mean, the, it's a very old plant. You're right. I mean, that it's really only become popular in our cuisine or in our, you know, whatever. Uh, I'd say over the last decade only but i mean it was cultivated in the andes back ages ago and it was written about uh starting in the 1500s and and it was called quinoa back then so it's it's one of those things that actually has come directly to us i'm guilty in this one when you first encountered it did you pronounce it correctly or not when you first saw it no i had heard it before i ever saw it and, and for quite a while before i ever saw it and so at some point whenever i did finally see the word it, it was being connected to how it sounded so so yeah i i did pronounce it correctly but it's because i'd heard it so many times before i didn't and what really interested me about my not pronouncing it correctly is i'm familiar you know with uh, with spanish a little bit with spanish a little bit with portuguese and i looked at the word i knew it was foreign so i should have basically tried to sound it out like maybe they would say it in spanish but i didn't i was i looked at it and i thought i never looked it up until you know years later I mean, until i heard it later but i would think of it as quinoa without even which is i think interesting how we do things with language even if we're familiar with different modes of pronouncing we kind of revert immediately back to you know our native english and i i really thought of it as quinoa yeah. i think I, I don't really remember well, we go back to we've talked about this a few times in different things spelling pronunciation and I think that's the default for us. You look at something, you don't figure, you don't logically go foreign word Spanish key instead of instead of quin. You don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said quinoa. Yeah, I did too. I don't anymore. No. That one I think you should pronounce correctly. I think you should say quinoa. I don't think you should order as quinoa. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't, uh, I have to credit everyone around me, I guess. I never hear anybody say anything except quinoa. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone pronounce it incorrectly either, actually. No, I just... Is that... it so prevalent? Yeah, and I I think it is. And when, when I said it, it's exploded in popularity, certainly I meant here in the United States. Uh, it's uh, Obviously, as you mentioned, it's been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, now we've got something that is curious to me because I, I know for sure what half of it is, and I think I can tease out what the other half is, but this isn't actually a dish that I've ever seen the name of before. So it's spaghetti, uh, which is obvious. And the-, the No, that's wrong. That's what I was pronouncing. Sorry, no, go That on. was a trick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the rest of it is is uh, three words. The first one, A-G-L-I-O, then the word E, then O-L-I-O. And I, I'm going to assume it's something like alio e olio. Um, and I think it's probably something like garlic and oil but ha please pronounce it for me kathy i'm gonna let you do it I'm, must we <laughs> can't we just spell it again you're 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 so so close and i'm very impressed because again the temptation is to go phonetic on it and say spaghetti aglio e olio which i've got to admit a few times when faced with it i thought that but i would just not i would just point to the menu it's what it is is it is aglio and olio, but the e in between them, the and, 
is you sort of slur them. They sli it slides together. It elides in. So it's more like alio olio. You know what I mean? That, okay. That it's it's barely said. But well, you we were got so corrected. Close. We got corrected by a native speaker once when we were pronouncing it, and we basically said, "Look, we're we're sort of fudging it," because he had said that the alio has like a slight G sound that I can't reproduce, and I don't think Kathy can either. Well, isn't it sort of like gala in Greek? Isn't it more like like a, a hint of a G, like halio, olio? I mean, he, he sort of insisted this is how you say it, but I basically, and Kath agrees, we basically just say alio, olio, and just leave it at that. We're not Italian. We can't quite you know, reproduce that sound. Actually, if you also want to be super Italian, you don't have parm on it. It's just, <laughs> it's just the olive oil and garlic. <laughs> Does this is, is this the dish that also sometimes has like red pepper flakes? Correcto mundo. Ah, yes, I do know what this is. My my brother-in-law makes a mean dish of this, but he never told me the name. Also, he's German, so he probably wouldn't have said this the same way anyway. <laughs> yeah, ask him next time to pronounce it. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious what he'll say too. <laughs> Moving on to another one that I'm not positive I really know. I I sort of know what it is, but I'm almost positive I've never had it and I couldn't tell you what's in it. This is a a kind of soup, I think. And it's it's spelled V I C H Y S S O I S E. And I'm going to assume it's vichyssoise. And you're completely correct on both counts. It's a leek and potato soup. It's usually served cold. And we included this in because our mother in particular was guilty, and we heard this a lot. <laughs> they presume a lot of times people, it's a French dish, and they look at the S-E and they think, gee, the French a lot of times don't pronounce those last uh, syllables. And our mother would pronounce it vichyssois, like that. And it's very incorrect. <laughs> You remember that, Ross. She used to do it with that real flair, too. You wanted to, like, stab it, Mom! Vichy soir. <laughs> yeah, it's, Ross is right. It's S. He's the French speaker in this duo, so. But the O-I-S-E has a was sound in French, as Fletcher did completely correctly. And uh, we should know that from bourgeoisie, which also has a z sound in it. But a lot of people, we found this a lot, a lot of people insist on not pronouncing those final French um, syllables, thinking incorrectly. Well, it's like coup de gras, coup de, instead of coup de gras. Yes, coup de gras are another big one. Yeah, because coup de gras means, we think we've done that. Coup de gras would mean a dollop of fat. Coup de gras would mean... <laughs> Which also, which you would not put in your vichyssoise. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've come to our last word, and it's a nice way to finish up because this is something you might have a little nip of after after dinner. Uh, also, you know, you might put it in some sort of cake or something that you're making, or you might mix it with another thing to drink. It's spelled L-I-Q-U-E-U-R, and I hadn't really thought about it before you put it on here. I probably am generally going to say liqueur, but I suppose it could be like liqueur. <laughs> Very good. It's the second. Yeah. Okay. And the, the problem, this is one of those cases where I think the problem is, is the temptation is to say liqueur because you've got the U in there and it looks, um, it sounds classier in your head to say liqueur, doesn't it? Or liqueur, but it's liqueur. Yeah. It's interesting though, because a lot of times we kind of like 
make French classier sounding than it really is, I think. Because I think Kathy is right. The cure sounds a lot classier than liquor. Liqueur. Well, the U-E-U in a row, I think, throws us. Yeah, definitely. I say this I say this one wrong. I, I just do. And, and I guess as I just proved, I, I could say it correctly, but I don't. I say liqueur, and, and I'm probably going to keep doing it. It's not... It's not something that I'm like ignorant about or it's not something that I'm being pig headed about. It's just it's just what I say. And I think that's just fine. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll accept it. Thank you. You yeah. know you know one I've really been enjoying lately though is Benedictine? Oh yeah. I haven't had Benedictine in years. I love it. I've been that. on a Bailey's kick, which is like like a milkshake for adults. Yeah, sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> we have here peach schnapps. I never had schnapps, and there's this local distillery that makes the f- most fabulous peach peach schnapps. I went through the yep. entire. It was delicious. We went through the entire. That's bottle. dangerous, though. Schnapps like goes down too easy. Yeah, Boy, real schnapps it. though is, is fantastic. We're not talking about that, you know, plastic bottle schnapps that you butterscotch schnapps or whatever <laughs> that you get at the at the bottom of the shelf at the liquor store. No, no. real real schnapps is fantastic. It is amazing. I'd never had it, and I love it. Too much, I love it. But it's good Christmas present, everyone. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Seattle, Washington. Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us. They're how we get more people to find us. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.